Welcome to episode 418 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Radio team, welcome along to episode 418 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Isles. How are you going, mate? I'm good, mate. Always good. Tuesday morning swim, done and dusted. You do smell like chlorine. I do, good. It's pretty strong chlorine they use down at Pioneer, isn't it? say that every time, every Tuesday. Because we've done an interview before, I'm more, it's normal, you were sitting next to me and I was like, whoa, mm-hmm. my nose, it was like, it's like a chemical warfare. I'm trying to take Agent Orange. I'm trying to take you into my life of being back in the pool, sucking in that chlorine. I was speaking to the girls the other day before class and they were giving you, you boys a bit of a hard time. Why, calling us fatties? Yeah. Well, no, more probably complaining that you guys complain about being fatties. Mm. And Belinda was saying, it, it, there's more of you to love. Yeah. <laughs> She's... Constantly referring to my weight. If I had a complex about it, I'd be in a fairly deep state of depression right now. Do you want a hug? Mm. Yeah, exactly. I'm talking probably brought to you by coffeesofwhy.com. I've got the decaf here team. Athlinks.com. Social networking for endurance athletes. Extreme endurance. You're lucky to buffer. And trainerroad.com. Great training tool now, as you can tell. I'm losing my voice, John. Oh, dear. Puberty's finally happening. Too much teaching. On this week's show, we've got some news. We've got a hot topic of the week. We've got an age group of the week. We've got Coach's Corner. What are we doing on that? It's not really. It's Coach. You can't claim it, can you? Tamsin's Corner. Yeah, Tamsin's Corner. Sporty Doc. Yep. There's a new segment. Wait a second. What was this new segment that I saw there? Whatever happened to? Tell me what. Oh. Yeah, so yeah, there's a new segment coming up, and then we've also got uh, an interview with Jonathan from, from Trainer Road, and then some quick questions and answers at the end, and also nicknames. Did you do something? Like I've done my nicknames. So have I. Good. Good boy that I am. It's a bit of a quiet news week this week, so uh, we haven't really got much to talk about, but Pete Jacobs is doing Road. He is, but this is all sent through from Joe Baxis, and uh, not so much, we, we, we knew he was going to do Road, but the interesting thing that she found out was, so this is a quote from Pete Jacobs, so yes, I do have to validate for Hawaii by finishing an Ironman event and I will do this just at an undisclosed location with no media, no pre-race commitments, no support, just spending every single minute looking after myself so I can be the best shape possible in Kona. It remains and always will, will be the race that I test myself against. So I guess it's, he's purely going to go and do a, a box ticking exercise. What I find interesting, interesting around that strategy, which I think is a good strategy, all good, you know, go to rope, you know, do mm-hmm. well there. He's raced it race a lot and he's, you know, been successful there. Has he on road? Uh, no, I don't. I'm almost positive he hasn't. I think he got second that year we were there. Yeah, he kind of developed through the years, didn't he? When I'm, we were, I'm pretty sure he hasn't. Okay, but um, and challenge probably look after him a lot to be there, so it's oh, a good yeah. strategy. The other thing I wonder is why is he taking so long to do this? You know, like if you, if you are going to knock out, if you know that you know what always I have to do is knock out a race, wouldn't you want to try to do that kind of pretty early on in the season? Yeah, I'm just going to research something while you do. I would agree. Um, but I think what's going to be interesting to, to see, Andrew Messick sort of hinted at in an interview somewhere that if this sort of carries on, that if, if the, the best guys in the world just go and do a bit of a, a box ticking exercise, um, whether they're going to change the rules on them. Because Marinda Carfrey did the same thing. And, you know, she's the defending champion. Pete Jacobs is the, the previous defend, the champion from the year before. And if those guys are sort of taking the piss a little bit, are they going to change anything? So I think that's going to be interesting. Are they taking the piss or 
are others playing within the rules? Oh, playing within the yeah. rules, but it's not a good look when your your athletes just go, oh, no, screw you, I'm going to go do challenge, and uh, and I'm just going to tick the box somewhere. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if they just let it slide or if they do create some sort of rule where you've got to go to do a race and you've got to be within a percentage of the winner. I don't know how they would do it. Um, but how can you force an athlete to do a race? Because the thing is, if you've got a Pete Jacobs, one of the best in the world, and uh, all good, you know, but at the same time, even if they did say you had to finish it, a top percentile mm. first of all they could probably still wing it and you know get in fifth which would probably be good enough but they would you, they probably wouldn't go to a championship race but they may make them go to a championship race I don't know they might say mm, that'd be controversial yeah I don't know it? I don't know I'm just putting it out there uh to see where it all goes but yeah no, it'll be interesting if uh, Joe if you're out there why don't you try to find out which uh, Ironman he's going to do see if you can do some digging for us she's pretty good at the digging the little re- research I was doing I was wondering if he might go and do rote and then back up and do um, something like a Germany like the week after if there was only a week difference uh, and just that would uh, be wise would it well if you're just going out there for a training day and literally yeah still a marathon's long a long way to go yeah, slowly those guys do a lot of training I don't know it's a week after an Ironman yeah, I don't think he will. I guarantee he won't. That's my prediction. Um, Joe sent through a wrap up of the seventy point threes. We had Ironman seventy point three in the UK, and uh, Will Clark took that out. And um, who took out the women's? Come on, Joe. You're supposed to be our women's reporter. No, no, no she's doing good here. I just can't read it. What is it? It's is it was it Nicole? No, Elmira Mulan. Uh, I'm a Mulan from the the Irish girl. Yep, yep. challenge Krajka. Um, you had Sebastian Keenler absolutely crushed yeah. everybody, and it was a good field. You had Ronnie Shieldnick and Timo Brack there, and he put like six minutes into those guys. And Julia Geiger uh, had a bit of a head to head battle with Gina Crawford on the run. And I do notice that that K Swiss is certainly phasing out. I'm seeing all the ex K Swiss athletes, you know, starting not not turning up in their K Swiss gear anymore. So I think K Swiss is uh, a pity that it didn't work for them. Yeah, we had uh, Ironman Boulder, and we had the the, the Great Britain girls cleaning out with one two three with Jody Swallow Rachel Joyce and Leander Cave back in the game we'll talk a bit about that later on and we had Joe Gambles making it four from four and then in Canada in Victoria we had Steve Kill uh, no uh, we had uh, Andrew Russell take it out from Matt Liado and then on the girls side of things you had Karen Thibault oh, oh, good luck with that one Thibodeau, Thibodeau, um with Madison McKenzie in second place in third place you had an age group at Emma Bed- Bedard well done same thing happened in UK a couple of age groupers got second I think in the in the women's race so no, nice work your age Joe groupers got second I think anyway coming up this weekend oh, we've got lots of races a lot of races no Ironman races and no real big ones but Jesus a lot of races on you got the Pinar Grand in Spain you got the X-Man in Romania that's a new event we've never had that one no, before it's new on the calendar. so go become an X-Man oh nice nice uh, M- Mavoria Man in the Czech Republic which got- X-Man would you be I've got that as one of my nicknames later on. But um, which one would you be if you could be any X-Man? Because they've all got weird powers, those guys. Um, I don't know the uh, names of them, so you have to just say the power. Cyclops is the one who's got the glasses. He's somebody who's getting the Cyclops name later on. He's the one if he takes it off, yep. his lasers yeah, go Yeah, the glasses control the lasers, I don't know. Yeah, no, I don't know. I like the one, Was it? Who, who's the one, Majestic or something like that, who can turn into anyone else who can look like anyone uh, that's yeah. a good power yeah yeah no, that's a good I could turn up to a race beat John Houston and get you last wouldn't, you wouldn't want to you just want to be 
You'd, you'd want everybody. You want your whole gym class to turn into Bevan James. Ives. That's actually a good idea. Maybe I have the power to turn everyone else into me. There you go. Oh, the world would be a better place, John. Trade market. You hear it here first. <laughs> there we go. Uh, we've got the Mavoria Man in the Czech Republic. We've got Hit, uh, Hits Race in uh, the Hague in New York in the States. Swiss Man. We talked about that race last year or the year before. That looks like an awesome um, sort of Norse Manny type event in Switzerland. Another. Uh, the Goto Nazaki International Race in Japan, the Triathlon de Sud in France, and the Forest Man in the UK. That's been around for years. Man, there is a lot of racing on. And that's this week's news. <laughs> it is. Jesus, that was quick. Oh, no, hold on. Did you know, Bevan? Did this, I know? This, this is a did you know. We had this sent through from... Oh, this is the, the, the picture that came through. Matt Cull. So Matt Cull sent through a photo of um, the, a screenshot he'd taken from... It must have been a it coverage. Kona. The Kona coverage that they had in the US or on TV. And it had the average amount of training that an athlete would do, John. So if you so, want to get to Kona, how many hours training do you need to do? Well, the, last week I had a really good week. First week of Kona training. Training, uh, and I did about 14 and a half hours. I was no, quite happy not, with you're, that. you're not going to get there. I'm not. Even though you've got there, you're not going to get there. So the Kona by numbers, what is the average? So a- what, before we tell you, what do you think, like let's say, as you're listening to this right now, what do you think it probably takes, and not someone like John who's done triathlon forever, but someone who's maybe newer to the sport, been in the sport for a no, while. No, this is, this is the Kona athlete. So we're talking Kona athlete. This is the average Kona athlete. Okay, so the average Kona athlete, what amount of, yeah, but you don't do as much training. I reckon most Kona yeah. athletes probably do a little bit more than yep, you. Yeah, I would agree with that. So um, what do you think the average amount of time per day, per week, per month a Kona triathlete does? So what do you reckon per day? Think about that number in your head. What do you think realistically, John? Um, I would say most people, if we averaged out during the week, two two to three hours per day. You know, yep. if it's a, one session, might be two hours. Two sessions, you might be getting up to sort of three to three and a half. But I would say on average two to two and a half yeah and then on the weekends you've got your longer rides but exactly. overall you might say average three and a half to four and a half hours if you average yep. out okay so that's per day what what, is, what are they saying here John so uh, according to Kona by numbers but according to the, the Kona coverage the average Ironman athlete trains 17 hours per day John you haven't done enough <laughs> no, you are failing I am under training myself that podium myself. is disappearing by the second my whole co- coaching philosophy has got to change I'm just not hard enough on my athletes this is this is a screenshot this is what it says 17 hours per day and then so how much is that a week John so you need to be doing if you want to be this is just the average athlete I mean what about the the, una- the, the overachievers I've well they do 24 hours 20. a day the, per, they get, sorry they get 23 and a half they get half an hour sleep 20 uh, so 75 hours per week 75 hours per week now when I did Epic Camp I think I did 63 hours in 7 days really and I think Mike Montgomery did 76 that week right and he was yeah. <laughs> not in a happy place yeah so, just uh, you're saying, you just, know, uh, we've still got to pick up our game because that's 75 hours per week. That's that's the average athlete. That's the average athlete. So you're about average, Bevan. Yeah. You're about well, average. no, I was below average. Below average. And you're well below average. Yeah. <laughs> so, so. so my 14 to 15 is not looking good. And then per year. Well, they've got a per year, have they? They have got a per year, which that probably doesn't actually sound like a great deal. What's... Uh, Oh, divided by what, what's, 52, what's, wait a second. What's, what's four, it should be 75 what's, times 52, shouldn't it? Wait a second, so let me guess. So you work out four, 14 times 75, 14 times 52. Oh, wait a second, okay, well, my calculator's taking forever to come up. Um, okay, here it goes, okay, 14. Times 14 times 52. 52. 52. Okay, John, well, you're doing 728 hours a week, so I'm a year. So I think they have actually got their per year about right they've got a thousand hours per year so one out of three they've got right 
someone needs to work on mass within WTC <laughs> yeah. because how do you get from 75 hours a week to a thousand a year? Yeah. So essentially what they did, they've just stuffed up the screenshot and it should be 17 hours per week, 75 hours per month we're assuming. And then 1,000 hours per year. So they got the bottom one right. Average male registrant, 42 years old. Average female registrant, 40 years per old. Uh, participation rates, 74% male, 26% female. 4% of the field are professionals. John Boat. Yeah. If you were to do 17 hours training a day, <laughs> how many days do you think you could survive? If it was a, in a race, I mean, that's basically like... No, 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 not a race, not like, like pushing, just like if you were to go, okay, I'm going to... Uh, it's like a challenge, how long can you last? So you get what? You get 17 hours, so you get... Se- six, well, essentially, you're, you're, you're saying basically doing a decker man, you know. Yeah, pretty much. So how so, many days do you think you could survive for? I don't know how many days I'd want to survive. I know, it's not about that, John. It's not about want, it's about know, can you. Probably 10. So no, you could reckon you could do decker man? If, if I had a strong motivator to do it, then I think I could probably could. I would give you a million dollars would you do it yes <laughs> it's a strong motive yeah <laughs> okay sponsor righty ho where are we up to but John's been a- drinking his endurance Amazon are trying to send me uh, tell me I should be on Amazon Prime and you can't do it in New Zealand in America you should be cost you a hundred bucks for a year and they give you free shipping yeah so you buy everything yeah it's very cunning what are we doing? Book. I read Jeff Bezos's or the book about him. Oh, good old Jeff. How is he these days? Very ruthless. Yeah, he is ruthless. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So anyway, uh, right here, yeah, extreme endurance. Um, I've got to say, um, I am not a pill popping person in terms of I really struggle to take um, pills, any sort of long pills or anything like that. And we talked about this before. And I've got to give um, good old Daddy Death an, another plug, Peter Tinholt, yep. because his technique of taking um, water and just bending your head over it just ever so slightly. Is absolute gold. It's made my life ten million times better because I ten million yeah. times. So extreme. Wow, it's a, that's massive. For the, you guys who haven't had extreme endurance before, the pills are pretty small, um, and in theory should be pretty easy to take down. Um, but I really struggle with any sort of pills. This is gold. And then with the immune boost, they're sort of more of a capsule, and I really struggle taking them. And if they go in sideways or anything, I'm gagging and just about vomiting. That they're taking just a, put the pill in take a, a little mouthful of water, just bend over ever so slightly, and then just swallow it, boom. Awesome. Daddy Absolutely Jeff. awesome. You're a lifesaver. It really was. Daddy Jeff, the lifesaver. So, um, yeah, I'm happy about that. One other thing for you guys, who've, um, if you have any gut issues or anything in race and you want to try to see if you can iron those things out, obviously you need to look at your pace and um, what you're doing with your, your race day fueling. But uh, another thing you could give a, give a try is the gut endurance. It's basically a, a probiotic um, brought out by Extreme Endurance and it's got a broad spectrum of probiotic enteric coated tablet um, with 25 billion active cells made up of 10 proprietary strains of beneficial bacteria so a lot of research out there saying probiotics really can help the the inside of your gut and just heal things up you still got to look at other things but this can be another thing that can help just try to iron out any any um sort of race gi issues you might have so give it a crack check out xendurance.com and use promo code iamtalk5 we did have an email in from somebody saying that the promo code might not be working on the the uk site i'm I'm looking into that and i'll have an answer for that in the next week or so you're a good man Mm. doing your homework yeah well done okay this week's discussion so we had who sent it through peter colson sent through this week's discussion he was just wondering where is the mecca for training in your country and you can only put down that place in the country that you live in. So where in your country is that place where you go, yep, that is the best place to train? John, you go first. Okay. Um, well, first up we had Gary Fegan. He, was, he, he said Slough is a great place to, to train in the UK. 
been you should go to Slough even. Uh, uh, no. Well, I, I know nothing about the UK. Okay. I've only been in London for one day. Yeah. Slough. Well, you in, watch The Office? Oh, is that where that is? Yeah. Okay. So, the, the, well, they don't, they don't sell sell that very yeah. highly on The Office. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's... Uh, but it's obviously a good place to train. I, I think you should go there and train. Or you should, you should is move. Is it that you bad? Should, you should move Have you been there. there? I've driven past the uh, motorway uh, exit. Turn off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> about <laughs> as close as I've got. <laughs> Okay, well, Newbury's got new forests in the UK, Simples. Yes. Yeah, uh, Tryman Jack, many would say the Sunshine Coast, but personally, I love doing a camp up on the original Ironman Australia course in Forster. Um, Christine McKinley's got, definitely would have been Christchurch pre-earthquake days. Mm, not so much now, Wanaka in the height of summer. Uh, Marissa Restetta, you can't beat San Diego. Best swimming, cycling and running all year long. Uh, well... well Dave Manley's got echo what Gary Hobbs said. There are fantastic like cycling in South Wales. I'm far enough east to have the National Diving and Aqua Centre for fantastic open water swimming as well. So. David Hale says Victoria, BC. They had a 70.3 there this weekend in Canada. Good old Jess Ripper has got, oh, how's that one? Nisiko. I think I'm in Japan. Okay. So okay. basically the Ironman Japan uh, Axel who's from Christchurch said that place is awesome to go to as really? well really Cape Town James Duvin says Cape Town I've been to Cape Town didn't really know my way around but it seemed it's a bloody picturesque place okay good old Tim Hans got um, either Boulder um, Tuscan and Arizona Tucson so, Tucson sorry um, so he's saying if you go to Boulder or Tucson very nice Pet uh, Dave Stanley it, it has to be the Peak District in the UK. Beautiful open water swims, epic hills to the bike, and amazing trail running. Good old Richard Swan's got nothing beats Wellington, especially the ride back from, how to say that one? Why can I? Why can I? Into a wet, howling southerly, headwind of 50k, and suffering, especially recommend this after a hangover. Uh, Pavel Chalice. Pav's probably completely stuck in <laughs> there, pal. Pavel. Um, Taupo or Christchurch? I don't know, actually, but planning a boot camp and need to choose. Good old Doug Reynolds in the UK's Boulder in the summer. Tuscan, what is it? Is it? Tucson. Tucson. Tucson in the winter. San Fran, uh, San Diego, anytime. A hidden gem is Bend in Oregon. Yep. Claremont in Florida from Scott Horns. We have hills and year-round open-water swimming and sun, sun, sun. Plus, it's cheap to train and live here. Boulder, no. Okay, good old Matt Miller in Australia. It's the Sutherland Shire. Mecca, Crowey, Welsh and Jones. It's simply unsurpassable for what it has produced. Righty, how last one I'll do will be... Who's it going to be? We've got a few more for Boulder in there. Yep. Um, Glenn Newbold says Tucson and Flagstaff. Okay, Jumbo, what about you? Well, for New Zealand... You've given a lot. Well, no, this is our, our, fi- our finalists. Uh, oh, the finalists, okay. So Taupo, uh, a lot of people go there to train. You've got good open water swimming and you've got some nice trail running. Rotorua. Um, I've never trained in Rotovegas. Rotovegas, got some not really nice lake swimming there. You've got lots of trails. Don't know what the road cycling is like in terms of variety there. Napier is another one a couple of people mentioned, which is in the all these three are in the North Island. Big advantage with Napier, got fantastic sun, um, yep. good weather, you got some some good uh, variety there. A few people mentioned Wanaka, which is where Challenge Wanaka is held. Another, I mean, Wanaka's great, but it's probably limited as well. It is. You're probably yeah. sick of the same stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you got some, you got you got a couple of different directions you can go for riding. Um, you got lake swimming, pools a bit average. 
uh, and you've got some, some reasonable trails to run. Nelson um, is in the top of the South Island, which is another fantastic spot. I think it's one of the highest sun hours in the country, and you've got some really nice, um, really nice yeah, riding, good, riding um, yeah. good running, pretty much everything you want. And, and good got, weather. Yeah, good weather. It's and the hottest place in New Zealand. Some, some pools. And then Christchurch. And the winner is Christchurch. Christchurch on Cashew Street. <laughs> so Napier, I was talking to the Philinator last night. I said, you know, he lived in Napier for, for a couple of years. And I said, what, is Napier pretty good? He says, yeah, it's pretty good, but it's not as good as Christchurch. Even though we've got our shitty roads at the moment, uh, still the variety we have here is fantastic. Uh, and the big plus we have here is, is a reasonable amount of athletes to, to train with. And yep. that's a downfall, I would say, of, of Wanaka. There's not many people to train with. Um, and likewise in Nelson, not a not a huge sort of try scene there. Um, but I'd really, I haven't trained in Rotorua or Taupo. I've been to both of them. But for the South Island, I think Christchurch would edge it out basically because it's just a bigger city and bigger, massive it's, still, it's still not a big city it's only but if you're visiting the south island to do a training ride where would you go if you if i was doing a camp i would go to either nelson or wanaka yeah i have um, to say my favorite ride ever is in nelson mm. i don't know what where exactly it is but i've done it. <laughs> <laughs> your favorite ride though <laughs> <laughs> i did it on um vineyards tour yeah and there's a there's a section of it and it's just paradise and you're, there's a section of it where a you ride through these overhanging street trees mm. and then the next section of it you're riding alongside this river and it's just mm. the most beautiful place i've ever ridden in my life and um and nelson's got some beautiful riding yeah, it so really I, has i'd agree with you if you're going into a camp situation nelson or wanaka would be awesome if you're going to go somewhere to live um i think christchurch would edge it out unless you like living in really small town places yeah yeah, Christchurch is a big enough city, isn't it? Okay, this week's discussion we've got a, we've got a, we've got a few emails actually through about this. So, um, I man Chattanooga has Chattanooga announced, has announced yeah a new sponsor which has not gone down particularly well with uh, some people. So you can find the name of it, Bevan. Yeah, you, I've you, forgotten. Can, you, you talk about the discussion. Essentially, and then I'll... the. the the product that they're using to, as, as a title sponsor for non-Americans is basically just sugary little shitty... Um, sugary shit. <laughs> just little, you know, little rolls of processed sugary crap and they've got a whole variety of different biscuits and all this stuff and it's basically just rubber, absolute rubbish food and not going to do you any good, not nutritious. It's called Little Debbie and, mm. and Kirk Taylor sent this through and he said if you go into the Ironman... Chattanooga Facebook page, you're going to see a bit of tension about this. <laughs> and so my question to you guys is, how does junk food um, slash fast food sponsorship of triathlon sit with you? So try to put yourself in the shoes of, well, you can put yourself in whatever shoes you like, but I'm sort of looking at this. If I was a struggling pro and I'm, a, and I'm also an event director, would you take sponsorship of a company like this or say a KFC or a McDonald's or somebody who just makes generally um, shit food, uh, comes along to you and says, yep, we want to sponsor your event and we're going to give you a fair amount of money to do that. Okay, so I'm just looking at the Chattanooga site and uh, people aren't that happy. <laughs> <laughs> I am disgusted. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it just doesn't fit very well and I know everybody should, uh, maybe we'll, no, we'll discuss it next week, but um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting got, one. Maybe next year you keep Philip Morris involved. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, yeah, I think that's the thing. Is well, no, we'll talk about this next week. Yeah. But so the discussion is, um, if added fat food, junk food sponsorship, a triathlon sit with you, and if you were in the position of being a struggling pro, and one of these companies came to you and said, 
boom, we're going to give you quite a bit of cash. Would you take it? Well, there was a big controversy years ago, wasn't there, when um, Hamish Carter and Sarah Olm, Sarah Olm was uh, a very successful New Zealand cyclist. Olympic gold medalist. Yeah, and, uh, and those two are, at the time were pretty much the New Zealand's biggest sporting household names. Outside of rugby players. Yeah, outside of rugby. But even, you even know, then, they were on par, weren't they? Mm. You know, and... Um, and they both got sponsored by McDonald's, mm. and it was a bit of an uproar about that, wasn't there? Mm. Yeah, so we'll talk about that next week. So anyway, um, that's this week's discussion. Okay, Jombo, what are we going to do next? We're going to go music. Get a music. I'll put some music on, eh? Get it pumping, pump, 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 pumping. Pump. Age group of the week. I didn't even call you Indian, and oh. you just nailed it. Well, I, was, I followed. I followed no, but, your lead. I, no, that's my fault. I mm. take responsibility for my errors, John. Good. Anyway, good old Bob. No, Frank McVie sent this through. I want to nominate Bob Davison. You know what the, about Bob Davison? This, this is a different. It's a great Bob name, Davison. first of all. It's um, Tom Davison, New Zealand triathlete. His dad is also um, Bob Davison. Oh, a lot wow. of people call him call him Davidson, but it's Davison. This is Davison as well. Davison. And he's a good supporter of triathlon as well. He's um, helped. Is that the guy with the moustache? No. Who's that guy? Ken. Ken. Yeah. No, not Ken. Not Ken who does commentary with me. Yeah. This guy's white-haired guy and his son's always in... I'm oh, and that's Craig, Craig Savage's dad. Yeah, he's a good man. Yeah. I've a good few answers to him at a few of your races. Okay, not only has he done 10 iron distance races in 10 years, not only has he done Decker iron distance, well, he's done it, John. Yeah. Didn't even get him a million bucks. Yeah. Not only has he done countless Ironman and iron distance races, but he's a true lover of the sport. Try Limits is the event banner that Bob organises his races under. He is an has had opposition from different bodies and their policies and politics, but has strongly came through with the support of ITU to provide what are arguably the best races in Ireland. I can prove this by the low price entry fee, great goodie bags, great food after the race, great support from athletes. The fact that he gave a new car one year to the winner of his Winter Duathlon series. Wow, that's pretty good. So Winter Duathlon series. Yeah, man, that's pretty car. You got your JD on. What, what are they going to win this weekend, John? They ain't winning a car. They ain't winning a car. And uh, the very fact, sorry, <coughs> that they did not advertise that the car was a prize. Wow, that's pretty phenomenal. When I asked Bob why he didn't advertise the prize, he said, I don't want someone who doesn't support my races winning. Don't get confused. That response from Bob is typical from many athletes about the politics the sport has. Bob just wants to race and put on amazing races, leave politics to the politicians. So, Bob, thank you for making Mouldy Sport fun again. Again, come on, Frank, it's never not been fun. Hey, see, Frank's obviously lost the fun. He has, but, but Bob's brought it back. Bob, good Bring times, it back. Nice work, Bob. You've uh, he's obviously sounds like pretty, a local legend, eh? Pretty impressive, you know, doing the ten iron distance races on ten days. He's also done a decker. That's hard. Hardcore, isn't that, that a decker? Well, maybe I don't know if he's talking. It is, but I don't. Maybe it's two different things. Well, there's different ways of doing a decker. Remember, you can do yeah. the, the decker as a continuous swim, continuous. I like swim, that way the best. Run. I think that's more of a challenge. Oh, I don't know. Backing up the rut, getting. Back in yeah, the pool, true. getting back in the pool. There's, there's no real easy ticket, let's yeah, be honest. No, that's right. There's not. No, I think both ways are pretty bloody difficult. Pretty and, cool we um, got the car, but I remember how he pulled that one off. That's pretty impressive. And the fact that he just gets on with it, keeping low entry fees, I mean, that's one thing that I really try hard to do is try to keep my entry fees down at, at events. And it's it's not easy, you know. Things are bloody expensive to put on these days. Mm. So, Bob, outstanding work. You're a legend, mate. You're you a local are. legend in Ireland. And you now are. To your Irish accent. Oh, come on. Top of the morning to you. Top, top of the morning. Top of the morning. Yeah. Top of the morning. So, Bob Davison, you are our 
age group of the week. week. Okay. Now, there used to be a song. We're going to sing the first verse of that. Remember that? By the exponents. Tell me what oh, ever happened to Trey. Oh, what we're going to say, Leander. Leander. <laughs> Okay, so last week we were talking about Leander Cave. What's happened to her? What's happened to her? She had that amazing year two years ago. She was unbeatable. And then last year she was just rubbish. And then she went off on this crusade to try to make the Commonwealth Games team. So for you guys outside of New Zealand, Australia and England and what have you, Commonwealth Games, all Commonwealth countries, it used to be a really big deal. These days it's it's still a pretty important deal, but it's very much secondary. Well, I think this year is important because the Indian one wasn't that good. Mm. And so it lost a bit of momentum. So this year, if they get it right, and it's in Scotland this year, isn't it? Yes, it is. Do your Scottish accent. Uh, no, no, I'm not very good at Freedom! <laughs> <laughs> Great. But anyway, it's, it's it's still an important deal, especially in sport of triathlon. It's bloody hard to yeah. win a, a gold medal in, in the Commonwealth Games. Yeah, you've got Great Britain, Australia, Canada, New Zealand. Um, New Zealand. So you've got some pretty big hitters there. And she was trying to, to qualify for Wales, was it? Wales. So we've got to remember Leander Cave is a former world champion also at short course, she won in Perth, which... Uh, Did she get screwed in the past as well, about getting to the Olympics? Didn't she do... I remember talking to her in Rote years ago, and we were talking about the reason she was doing long course, and she was saying that she basically spent a lot of time going around getting points so they get an Olympic athlete, and then she didn't get picked, and she was that pretty much meant, well, bugger these guys, I'm going to long course. I'm pretty sure yeah, that yeah, was no, her. Yeah, I, I think you might be right. Yeah. So she's she is an Australian who races for Wales. I'll be interested to know. This is a, a, a side thing. If she's actually ever lived in in Wales, not that I suppose it should really matter. Is it the but line is it? Yeah, yeah. So she's an Aussie who now lives in the states, but still races for for Great Britain and and Wales. Anyway, we were wondering what she's up to. She obviously, uh, as you heard in the news, she um, Joe Baxter went and did some research for us. She, she's raced a uh, Boulder seventy point three, and then she's going to be doing Nice two weeks later, and then uh, she'll be off to Kona. So she's really just got to validate. But it'll be interesting to see how she actually performs. The performances I've seen so far this year haven't been anything to write home about. I mean, she got third. Um, at the weekend but it was a bit of a distance distant third but behind uh, Joycey and uh, Jodie Swallow so which is interesting really because if she's been doing short course stuff you think she would have done pretty mm. well but we got an email through from Tim Hemming and he's saying a bit of an update from you for you on Leander Cave. You're just saying, I've done a bit of a rant about in my column for 22 Triathlon, 220 uh, Triathlon, which comes out on the 20th of June. So check that out. Have pasted full version below, but he's basically got the kind of key points, edited highlights. Essentially, Cave stated at the start of 2013 that she wanted to qualify for the Commonwealth Games team for Wales alongside with Stanford and Jenkins offering her to be a domestique. That's a pretty bloody strong team. Non Stanford's the current world, well, last year was the world uh, champion, and uh, Helen Jenkins is a bloody machine as well. And uh, then you have Cave on the team. That's, that's a pretty strong lineup. Yep, so she kept in touch with the Wealth Triathlon organization, raced and won in ITU events in Chile and Mexico, and did everything asked. Quote was, I may be 36, but I'm racing well, if not faster than I did when I was 26. Then, just two months before the team was announced, there was a big cock up in the selection criteria. Initially, countries thought that an athlete could only race the mixed relay if they were doing the individual event. This turned out not to be the case, so when it came to picking the team, Welsh Triathlon decided late on to pick a younger female athlete to focus on the mixed relay, effectively foregoing a third slot in the individual event. Upshot, as only three female athletes could be picked, it left Cave high and dry after being led on a merry dance. And she she obviously goes on, he's given a link to her 
website, which we'll put on our website, and you can go read what she said about it. Colm explains it better than that, but key points are Wales have had little chance of the mixed relay metal anyway, uh, as Jenkins opted out of racing it. Australia, New Zealand and England have much stronger teams. Holly Lawrence, who has been picked, is really a middle-distance, non-drafting athlete. If triathlon wants to take itself seriously as a sport, there's no way to treat a world champion. And then afterwards, after we got that email, we got another email saying that one of the girls got injured, didn't she? Non-Stanford's out for the much of the season, out of the Commonwealth Games. Which means so it was an opportunity to get Leander in there. What did they do, John? They haven't picked her. No, no, they picked someone else. Yes. Yeah, yeah so they, oh, they didn't pick her. Yeah, yeah. so poor form. Well, it is. But I, I, one one point that Tim made there is no way to treat. I think the thing for me with selection criteria, you've got to make it really clear. And if you don't meet the criteria, tough shit. Yep. The selectors can do whatever they want. And and I don't know if that is the case in this instance. But say for example, with New Zealand, we had uh, you had to finish within the top eight at a particular race. Yep. And if you don't meet that, selectors can do what they want. So I think you know my feeling on this is if 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 Leander did exactly what they said and she met the criteria then she's been shafted but well, surely but, it sounds like from what he's saying here she did she, well, she, she, she won two ITU events now obviously they're, they're not top, top level tier, of course, yeah. and so my feeling is Leander Cave is not going to be a force in that race she's not going to get a medal and she's going to be at best I, I feel in the, in the top half of the field if she was sort of lucky and so I'm just like well, yeah but as a domestic yeah she's not going to be much use I don't think John Newsom just putting it out there, just laying it on. Well, no, I think she's amazing. But do you think but she's been shafted? I, think, um, I didn't read Tim's article in, de- in, in, in extreme, extreme data. It sounds like she has, but I think the one thing is, I don't. My feeling is one of his points was, if Triathlon wants to take it seriously, you got to, there's no way to treat a world champion. And if she has been sort of led on the merry dance, yeah. But, but if you if, if you don't meet the selection criteria, I don't care who you are. I don't think you've got a right to be in, in a particular team, especially if you're not a realistic chance to get a medal. Okay, if so Tim, come like, back to us and so we don't have to read your article. If this was someone John. like Brownlee, well, did you read it? No, because I didn't actually get this email. Oh, what a load <laughs> of shit. If this was someone like Brownlee and he'd been injured for the year and he wasn't able to meet the selection criteria, different story. But Leander Cave is not going to get a medal. And let's be honest, these championship races are all about getting medals or potentially blooding younger athletes to give them a chance. Uh, so I'm like, well, yeah, I can see both sides of the story. So here. I suppose what we need to say is we need to know a bit more detail about. I think the thing is, she comes to you and she goes, look, I want to do this. You know, and, and the thing is for Leander, she's got a big career in long course. You know, mm. she was the world champion, so she made a call, you know, I want to chase this goal. She comes to you and says, look, guys, I want to, I'm willing to do the work to, and I know I'm probably not going to be someone who's going to be of the level to win a race, but I can have some form of help on the team. Do you want me to do this? Now, if I say to you, yep, I'm definitely keen for you to get on board, mm. and then, and I do my work, do what I need to do, prove myself, and then, oh, nah, get the young girl. Mm. That's poor form. Mm. Well, to put it this way, if, if Bevan Doherty came along and said, uh, I want to race in the team for New Zealand, and he did not meet the selection criteria, would you pick him or not? I think it's different because he's done nothing. Mm. She, she went to them early and said, I want to I want to do this, early 21st and 13. So she won the World Championship the year before for Ironman. So she could have stayed on that path. Had, you know, She's given up. And now who knows what if she would have won what she won the year before. But potentially she's got a huge amount of income mm-hmm. to chase this dream. She would have gone to them and communicated clearly what are the requirements, what do I need to do. By the sounds of things, she did every tick all those boxes. So actually, where's the loyalty? Mm. 
And I know you're saying when you develop new people, but if, they, if you say to me at the start, I'm going to do this and you go away and do all the work, yeah. you know, yeah. so that's for me, that seems like really poor form. So, and, you know, so there you go, I'm on the end side. You're such a greaser. <laughs> Far out. I almost dropped an F-bomb there. You never, you're just a greaser. <laughs> just a greaser. Yeah. Be nice to everyone, John. It's the strategy in life. Oh, I'm loving it. I think Leander's an amazing athlete. I mean, she, she's, she's one of the, how many people have won short course, what middle course? Uh, so tell us that. Because she, she went to court and won, didn't she? Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah, she, it's news to me. Did you know that was on news? I think I was way, it was probably, it was probably in Kona. Yeah, so she went. I uh, think she, I think she was hard done by. Okay, so tell us that story. Well, so Nikki, Nikki Samuels was not selected. So you're, you're entitled to select three people into the team. And so we obviously select Andrea Hewitt and uh, she met the criteria. And then, uh, bloody hell, who else we select? Oh, but Kate McElroy. Um, I don't even know if she exactly met the criteria, so it was a bit dodgy. But didn't select Nikki Samuels. And she's actually been racing really, really well. And um, Did she meet the criteria? I, no, no, and so she's she's so I, I stand by Triathlon New Zealand. If you don't meet the criteria, tough shit. But I would have said she's an outside chance of getting a breakaway on the bike and potentially getting a medal. So I would have said, yeah, I, I would have risked her. I, I don't think Leander Cave's got that capability any any longer. But um, so I, I, that's news to me. Yeah, but I would I would have said that. Best friend. <laughs> I think she's awesome. But oh, totally, God, fire at you. Olympic distance has moved on, and I, I, she's she's not going to get a medal in Olympic distance. And the stuff is all focused about um, getting it. But if she if she did do what they required, then she has. Yeah, been well, the, the, like the thing, the, the point I have is more if she was communicated to that there was a chance if she did certain things and she went and did that, mm. then for them not to back her up is yep. very poor form. Yeah. So anyway, um, John, we're going to put us an interview on. Yep, Jonathan from Train Road. Here he comes. Here he goes right now. Righty ho, um, on today we have good old Jonathan from Trainer Road on oh, the show. Trainer Road. I'm going to get Bevan down for his uh, challenge maybe this week or next week to do Game the. Uh, Game gonna, on. Going to get you to do an eight minute time trial first. I'm going to do my visualisation. Yeah. You know? And then come up with the 125% of FTP test. And uh, so welcome along to the show, Jonathan. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks. I'm looking forward to seeing your results, Bevan. It'll yeah, be yeah. good. Have, have you done yours <laughs> don't, yet? Don't expect much. That's what I'm going to say. Jonathan, have you done yours yet or not? Uh, that's this week. I've been delaying it. Last week we had a, a team relay race that covered the whole state of Utah, the southern portion of the state of Utah. Wow. And uh, so Chad and I were off doing that. And um, yeah, so I let it slide. But this week I have no excuse. So uh, <laughs> it's I think, happening. I think that's code for you've been training hard yeah, for Yeah, the old secret training, eh? Ready for peak <laughs> performance. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, we're going to go over some of the, I don't know, sort of some of the frequently asked questions and things like that about Trainer Road. But one, one area, that I've been utilizing a little bit and plan to utilize a bit more from a coaching perspective is the um, workout creator and that's not just for coaches but also for individuals because a lot we've talked a lot in the past about guys you know you go in there and you can find whatever workout you want to do you know you want to do a long one you want to do an interval one but sometimes you may want, well want to get on the trainer and make your own session you know might want to do eight by five minutes at whatever 80 85 to 90 percent of, of ftp and um and you might not be able to find the exact workout you want um so can you maybe just explain a bit about the um about the workout creator and, and how that works for individuals yeah absolutely um so uh workout creator it was kind of something from the beginning that we've done because um one of our uh, founders of course you've had him on the show chad um, having his coaching past, he had the knowledge and uh, the expertise to be able to create these fantastic workouts. So um, we wanted to make that available to everybody. 
essentially what you're able to do is um, either grab kind of prefabricated chunks of workouts or just create it with yourself by simply clicking and dragging and uh, adjusting the intensity or length of an interval. You're able to make exactly what you want for the for the workout. And in addition to that, you're um, able to add on text that's uh, time-stamped. So for example, if you want to go through a certain interval and you're working on uh, refining your technique, you know, you can add text to encourage somebody to do one-legged drills or do anything else, or maybe just remind yourself to, you know, to keep pushing hard. Um, so you can add text, uh, create um, interval-based workouts, um, or just steady-state workouts, really whatever you wish. And uh, we actually just released an updated version on it that's um, it's a lot more stable, gives you uh, a lot of cool new features, and um, allows you to create, or I should say, um, establish your intervals based on percentage of FTP or exact FTP targets. So that way you don't have to go off and do the math um, if you uh, just want to make a normal interval set. So, Yeah, and look, uh, for, for me, I've, I've d- done this a number of times use, using the Workout Creator, and I would estimate it probably takes me um, five minutes, if that, to, to create a workout as long as I've got it in my head um, and just a percentage of FTP, and it's, it's pretty straightforward. If you want to go in and add all the comments and stuff, I think that's a really valuable um, thing to do. do when you're at work. You know, yeah. when you're doing that important work, jump on trainer road, get you know, create all that stuff. It's um, yeah, it's it's very straightforward. It's literally sort of drag and drop stuff. And I, I was just before we came on, I was just talking to um, Jonathan about you know using it from a coaching perspective and or how you can share these workouts if you want to challenge some of your mates to do it. And a bit like what we've done with the with um, the I am talk setting up a team there. If you do that, then you can share the workouts within your team, and and anybody can do it, and you can see how everybody's doing if you want to. Set up a little challenge within your tri club or whatever, you know, like we've done with the 125% of FTP. You can do that, create the workout, say, right, let's see who can who can do the best on that, can't you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, the I Am Talk team is a good example of that. Uh, locally, I'm part of a cycling team here in the area, and uh, we're, we share advice and, and, and tactics and goals and consequently create and share workouts with each other and you can even do a lot of cool things within those teams as well um it's great to share your workouts but you can interact and then uh um, share certain workouts that maybe are just normal trainer road workouts so for example the other day we had one of our racers who was looking to uh to improve his performance right off the gun in a race uh and so we built up a library of uh of workouts that are in trainer road that are specifically for warmups and then share to them. So now all of our racers on our team, uh, well in the end they have no excuse. They better be warmed up. Right. So, exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, and you just mentioned a bit of a tour you did around Utah. I'm not sure if that was a trainer road tour or, um, something else, but I know you had your, your tour of California, um, on recently. So maybe explain a bit about some of your challenges and some of the sort of unique things that you guys are offering. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So what we do is we like to have different um, challenges to keep our users motivated, but also just to give them a fun thing to do and to give them a huge boost in fitness. Um, There's, you know, different challenges that you see online in different groups or forums um, um, or different with different strategies. There's a lot of different online challenges, but we try to take the approach of making an online challenge that is structured and has actual targets. So uh, the most recent one that we did was called Eight Days in California. And uh, it was an, it was a blast. It was a lot of fun. All of the workouts, um, they have step-by-step text throughout them. 
uh, that kind of set the scene for you. So uh, if you were to close your eyes, well, you wouldn't be able to read the text, so don't close them. But <laughs> <laughs> if you were to be to imagine it, you'd feel as if you were in a race situation. And uh, we really pull from our race experience and the expertise and tactics and everything else to to not only set a scene, uh, because our goal isn't to entertain as much as it is to actually provide content context to educate our users while they get better fitness. So um, in this case, with eight days in California, it's, uh, it was a blast, and the rider ended up placing really high in GC. So you're, uh, every person is just that rider, and it kind of follows the storyline of that rider through the through the tour. Um, so yeah, we and we plan on doing a lot more challenges as time goes on too, and uh, but make them contextually appropriate. So you know when you're uh, in the middle of the of the the heat of the summer, we don't want you to do a 22 day challenge or something crazy like that. So um, keeping context in mind, we plan to have a lot of them and and reward our users too by giving them prizes and everything else. So it's a lot of fun. So and, and we've we've had a few, you know a couple of guys on from Trainer Road, but what 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 are some of the probably the most frequently asked questions you get from, you know, new guys to train a road and not quite sure how it all works. You know, I tend to find it worked pretty straightforward and it wasn't particularly complicated, but what are some of the, the key things that people, especially triathletes, often ask you guys? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. Um, you know, something Chad touched on in an interview that I think is really important, um, and especially for triathletes, is that um, is to not be afraid of interval work, of high-intensity interval-based work. Um uh, I, I've trained with triathletes before and I'm always, and, and I, any type of stereotype that I had about triathletes seems to be blown out of the water every time I ride with them. Uh, successful, I've ridden with a lot of successful ones that do a huge amount of high intensity based interval training. Um, so it's really valuable. So I think with uh, a lot of triathletes coming into, you know, indoor workouts and everything else, they may be accustomed to doing very long miles in the saddle outside and then just dread the experience of spending a long time at a moderate intensity on their trainer inside. But if you have structured workouts with live feedback so you can see how your performance is comparing to where you need to be, then you can have really high-quality workouts. Um, so from the triathlon side of things, I, you, know, you can make your own workout and you can make it as long as you wish. Um, but don't be afraid to kind of dip into the more high-intensity stuff. So... Um, that's one thing. And as far as the frequently asked questions, we get a lot of setup questions because, um, as of now, just with the, the cycling world, things are pretty segmented. You know, you've got a, a GPS computer that you're used to using in most cases, and you've got a speed sensor or a speed cadence sensor, and you've got a heart rate monitor and a power meter and how in the world all that stuff somehow communicates to your computer. Um, that seems to overwhelm people, but it's actually really simple. So, um, Probably the, one of the most frequently asked questions that we get is, what do I need to make Trainer Road work or to use Trainer Road? And uh, all you need is a computer, a bike, a trainer. And uh, if your computer isn't a newer like Apple computer or if you don't have a Bluetooth dongle, um, then you'll need to get an Ant Plus dongle. So uh, that little Ant Plus USB stick plugs into your computer and uh, just like your Garmin or whatever your head unit is, just like that picks up all the signals from your peripherals on your bike, like your power meter, that little USB stick picks all that information up, sucks it into your computer, and then we put that on the screen for you and scale your workouts to your performance. Um, so all you need is the bike, trainer, the USB stick, and the computer. Um, and when you have those things, uh, 
you're set. So and a good set of legs. Yeah, that's a. <laughs> if they're not good now, they will be good later, right? <laughs> yeah, and and just tell us a bit about your background because you're riding to your exterior events and um, perhaps if any uh, triathletes are potentially well, I know it's essentially triathlon as well, but any perhaps Ironman athletes are, have thought about dabbling in, in exterior. You know, what, what how have you used Trainer Road or, or have any have you got any tips for for Ironman athletes looking to maybe transfer across? Yeah, it's it's interesting because uh, um, in our area up here in Reno Tahoe, we have uh, we we're really lucky. We have a lot of mountains, uh, great mountains, and great mountain bike trails as well. So uh, to be it's all to be enjoyed on the dirt as well if you can. And my background is in motocross actually, and I uh, did that for years. And uh, but nowadays pedal, it's a lot cheaper on gas. Nice. So <laughs> a lot cheaper on gas. Um, so I, I, I naturally lean a lot, you know, lean more towards the dirt and I've trained with a number of Xterra athletes and it's always fascinating to see that they're incredible athletes, even though it's shorter duration than what you see with normal Ironman events, they're just absolutely incredible athletes. And, uh, almost all of them heavily use high, you know, this, this type of interval training and they use indoor training to one, uh, to a, a certain degree. Um, due to the fact that it's so controlled, you can get such quality training. So, um, yeah, I think Xterra is something that it excites me. And I, this, uh, you know, working with Trainer Road, I'm always getting bitten by the triathlon bug. So sooner or later, I'll probably be out there doing it. Very good, <laughs> nice, awesome, Jonathan. And um, we look forward to uh, we go, we're into the end of the month. We're going to have our cutoff for the 125 percent of FTP challenge. So. Guys, keep getting on there. We've got a few more and more guys seem to be uh, giving it giving it a crack, and we outlined the rules um, last week. It's basically it is a bit of fun. If your FTP isn't exactly 100% right, then uh, you're only you're only kidding yourself. You've got to get out there and um, just make an honest effort. And uh, we're yeah, looking forward to seeing how everybody goes at the end of the month. So thanks for your time, Jonathan, and we'll catch up with you no doubt sometime soon. Absolutely, guys. Thanks a bunch. That's very keep up the good work. Likewise, take care. Coach's Corner. Slash Tamsin's Corner. She's Tamsin's taken over. So this is good stuff. Uh, we had uh, Dr. Dan Benedot on the show a few weeks ago. I'm reading his book. And we had uh, Tim Noakes on uh, a little while before that, and, and there was a bit of conflicting information there. And some, I was scratching my head. I'm sure a lot of people were out there just getting rid of their nits and wondering what the hell's going on. Have <laughs> you got nits? Yeah. <laughs> you, should, you should really get rid of your nits. <laughs> Stay away from me. Bloody lies, I tell you. We get notice home from school, right? There's, there's lice going around the school. Just make sure your kids' hairs are all clean. Mm. Oh god! But anyway, it, it really was. But wait a second, don't nits like clean here? So oh, make sure no. your kids' hair are dirty. Right. It's okay. my strategy. Okay. Even wash them. Anyway, uh, some of the stuff was a bit confusing, and Tamsin's gone to the trouble of trying to explain a couple of things. So good job of it. Key points: um, fasted workouts increase metabolic efficiently yes. uh, efficiency, specifically that of the mitochondria, an ability to use fat as fuel, thus sparing carbohydrate for longer, decreasing the need for carbohydrate consumption during exercise. I think we got that, which is good. High-fat, low-carb diets decrease re- reliance on carbohydrates and fuel. In- increase efficiency of the mitochondria to use fat as fuel. Yes. We get that and as that's well. A, that's a common theme that's been coming through in the last period of time, isn't it? Yep. yep. 
But as Dr. Dan said, we are endocrine bodies. Hormones are important. The female and male body reacts differently to fasted and fed workouts. Energy deficits slash fasted workouts significantly increase cortisol, our main stress hormone, which is catabolic. Breaks down muscle slash bone, reduces thyroid hormone metabolic rates and increases fat storage increases in big capitals yelling at me yep, especially in the abdominal yeah so you're going to get a big fat tummy potentially is that is that what's happening with you <laughs> some would argue that some would argue Belinda that Linda told me that yeah. also in fasted workouts immunosuppression occurs so the risk of getting sick increases significantly he also mentioned that insulin response to a meal post fasted workouts is increased and hence you'll store more fat from that meal that's a really um, mm. important point. interesting point as well many athletes we test um, at Curo 7 have high cortisol, low thyroid, lowered immunity, especially those on carb-restricted diets. The irony here is that the metabolic rate slows down and is recovered, and recovery is impaired. Even increasing carb intake by 50 grams can improve the markers. Women more prone than men to side effects of low carb because our serotonin, serotonin um, metabol- uh, metabolism slash sensitivity read hormone cycle. Yep. Take-home messages. We should have just gone straight to take-home, but here we go. Fasted workouts in the off-season are a good way to increase metabolic efficiency <coughs> if supported by a good macro-micronutrient diet outside that of the session. So so you want to make sure you have a complete diet outside of your fasted workouts and, and you really want to put them in, in your off-season more than... And not eating crap food when you come out of those sessions. Yep. So you finish a big long bike ride, you're bonking at the end and then you go and eat a load of crap. Not going not gonna to help you. And which you. tends to happen because that's when we're most kind of mm. fatigued and we just want quick energy, so totally. we'll high sugars. Endurance training per se increases maximum fat oxidation. Experimenting with taking on fats during training like coconut oil, peanut butter, reduces the need for carbohydrate and may increase fat oxidation rates. Good point. Uh, you can have fat oxidation rates tested, so-called a fat max test, the heart rate at which you burn fat and and at which intensity you switch over to burning carbohydrate, potentially interesting for a training program prescription. John, do you know much about this? Because I'm curious to see at what point is it, if we just think like training zones or, or, or heart rate zones, what kind of level is, you know, do you switch over? Because obviously when you go to higher intensity, you're going to be using more carbohydrate. So what level is that? I well, I've had the metabolic efficiency <laughs> test, which is a different test to that. And, and for me, the, the big crossover point, and, and this is what most people find, is, is, is often around that Ironman effort. So okay. Ironman pace, you have this big crossover, and all of a sudden you start burning a lot more, more carbohydrate, carbohydrate than, okay. than fat. So for an Ironman, if you're half Ironman, it's not that effective. But for an Ironman, there is some value in trying to stay just slightly below that. And the fat max test is, is another way. I haven't done one of those. Um, in season when training higher intensity forego fasted sessions but entering some sessions in a glycogen depleted state can induce beneficial changes to metabolism and enhance fat adaption geez some big words in here for me Uh, remembering that drip feeding carbohydrate and fat adapted individuals and is performance enhancing. This is more like 20 to 30 grams of carb per hour, not the 60 plus that is often recommended by sports nutrition companies. Although, who was the guy from up north who we had on? Um, he was an advocate of the... Uh, no, 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 no. The um, guy that does the bottles. Paul? Yeah. yeah. Who, Paul who, he advocates the, you know... Gram 1.2 gram per mm. minute of exercise. Kind yeah. Of, yeah. So I think what that the point there is really saying, if you have made that switch to very much going down the the high fat sort of 
routine is is having some carbohydrate during it's a race totally is, 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 is still going to be good for you. The brain likes glucose even when the body can get its energy from fat. Even swelling a gel around in the mouth and spitting it out can boost pace. This is one of the most interesting views I've had in a, read on the subject and she's got a link that's on our Facebook page. Uh, I'll put a, that on our dub, 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 I'm to an yeah. interview with Louise Burke, Burke and uh, I haven't actually read the article but I've it's on my to-do list. Yeah, we're like, so, like Tim's Yes, yep. yes, yeah. I'm so interested in the selection of uh, Great Britain athletes yep. that, um, yeah, that's on my to-do list uh, yep. sometime 2016. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the good points there, and as I said, um, Tamsin posted that on our Facebook page, so you can go and read that if you didn't understand any of my uh, reading there. But some really good points, and yeah, we've just got to be a little bit careful around, um, you know, thinking that not eating is necessarily going to. Um, make us these amazingly efficient machines, uh, sometimes eating is actually going to do us some good and make us uh, more... There's no definitive answer, is there? There is not. No, like, this is definitely, the, you know, the, in the kind of public consciousness, there's a real shift around fats, the way we think about fats in this last kind of four or five years. And, um, and it, there is a shift, but we haven't really kind of figured out exactly how it all comes together. And then if we think of athletic performance on top of that, we're getting, we are getting clearer. I think there's some really common <coughs> themes coming through. Remember when we did that first interview with the guy, the metabolic, who's the metabolic efficiency Bob guy? Bob Sebaha. Remember we did that about four or five years ago, and it was an uproar, you know, <laughs> like it really was, you know, and because was, he was a little bit ahead of his time, mm. and it was just like an uproar of kind of controversy around just the concept that burning fat was a good way of using energy. I think there's a lot of agreement around, you know, going a lot more natural, eating a lot more fruit, vegetables, etc., and getting, what's the name of that sponsor? Little... Yeah, they've got a little Nicky, whatever her name is. Little whatever. Yeah. I think this. I, th- I think you're going to find many um, sports nutritionists that are going to say you eat that stuff and you're going to be doing good things. Yeah. Uh, so I think there's it's just some of the intricacies is um, is yeah, there's still a lot of debate out there. So good stuff, Tamsin. And uh, if you if you're in the UK, I, th- I don't know anything about Tamsin's little outfit there, but at Curo Seven they can do some testing there, so you can check that out. And I also put a link to the article from Louise Burke on www.imtalk.me. Jombo sponsor, and you know what I'm doing right now, John? You're smelling your coffee. Smell- I tell you what, I haven't actually had the decaf yet. John's brought it around this morning, so I have to kind of make some later on. But I have to say. Smells like it's, really good coffee. It smells like real coffee, but if you want, you, you know, your evening hit, you love the taste. Hey, that this. Oh yeah, you can make some music out of I that. I love the smell of coffee. Yeah, you know, there's something about, you know, just uh, walking into a room and the coffee's been going on. Eh, there you go. Uh, That's what I'm expecting next week. Although, yeah, this this the the uh, just the coffee. Yeah, he's just wiping his nose all over your nice bag of coffee, Albert. And so it's got Bevan, a look on it too. Bevan's you know, got, style. He's got the the decaf, so good evening roast to yeah get the flavours out, but also not get you too perky Delicious, before you go rare, there. private, personal, satisfying, healthy, enlightening, powerful solitude. One way to get to, it is to lock yourself into a dark room and have a good but muffled cry. What's the rest of this? Better way is to come to Molokai and just revel in the silence. Pollock, oh, was it? Uh, pa Poo Hoki, maybe? Haki? <laughs> Beach, West End, miles of sand, sea, and yourself. A bicycle, and just you in the long, quiet, sunny open road. A hike to the sea, viewing hills. Solo kayaking in the largest enclosed reef in the US. A cup of coffee is all the friend you need. There you go. So if you want the flavours of coffee without the caffeine, get yourself some decaf. If you want the the, the real McCoy, go to Queen uh, Chrissy's Coffee. She's got a the espresso brand. 
Queensland. Um, that the smells Queen so good. Kahumana. And if you do that, some of the proceeds go towards the Blaze Man Foundation and also Girls Education Nepal. Maybe I could do a challenge where if I drank eight cups of coffee before I went to bed, <coughs> decaf. I've got ideas. No, no, no. Here's, go. Here we go. So we've got, we've got to have some. We've got to have a, a some coffee competition when we're in Kona. Okay. I'm not participating, but I'm putting it out there. And remember, if you're coming to Kona, well, is it shots? How many shots can you do? Oh, they're getting in tears. Or coffee tasting, trying to figure out which island the coffee comes from, but like beer and wine tasting. Yeah, people won't know that. Well, they should do. They should do. <laughs> they should not. Anyway, remember <laughs> your wet- wine tasting experience. Hold on. Remember, bring your wetsuits if you're coming to Kona. If yep. you're not going too hardcore in the race, or if you're just going to be over there, I know that. And yours, Annette Lee, and a bunch of the uh, no, because you're too big for me. Oh, but I don't want to take a wetsuit just to do like a five minute oh, race. Come on, mm. where's the commitment? Someone else probably. Don't want to take my bike. Don't want to take well, my wetsuit. The bike is the problem now because you can see me get the link through. Yeah. And they're going on Kona Week. You got to hire it for a week. I told you that. Oh, I thought it was only. I'm going to try see if I can get a mountain bike for a day. Good luck with that. Yeah. Do you no. think? Do you think there's many other people trying that one on? I'll say, look, we do this podcast. You you pull that one off all the time. I do this yep. podcast. Thousands of listeners. There you go. So anyway, you want to get your coffee. They've got the decaf. They've also got the Chrissy's coffee, which is a nice espresso. So check it out, coffeesofhawaii.com, and just go via our I am talk. Dot me page if you're going to order and we've got all the promo codes there do you know when we were in, in Melbourne did I tell you that I went did a wine tour uh, no you didn't so we went to the Yarra the Yarra oh the Yarra Valley yeah have been to the Yarra no, I have not well the Yarra Valley is kind of like a big wine region mm-hmm. in, I know that I just uh, haven't been there yeah. I'm, I'm letting the audience know okay. that yep. not everyone lives in Australia oh well they should and it's very famous John for its wine mm-hmm. and so Joe and I thought we'd do a wine tour and I don't drink John yeah so a wine tour is not the, the natural not thing that I would do but I was like when in Rome yeah. So so I went on with an open mind, mm-hmm. and I also didn't want to be the guy who was like, mm. mm-hmm. the problem was, <laughs> my body, it was, it was really interesting. When you don't drink alcohol, mm-hmm. like for me, wine just tastes like chemicals. Mm-hmm. And one other time we did a wine tour years ago, and, and I kind of did it and, you know, kind of had a couple of glasses and struggled my way through it. But my body actually didn't, like I reacted and kind of, mm-hmm. like, uh. but the problem was when everyone's doing that kind of, they swirl their glasses, right. don't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, they? Give yeah. it a smell. Yeah, yeah, do that. A bit yeah. of oak in this one. Yeah. And so I do a sip and I had, like I, my body was just responding, but I didn't want to have horrible facials. facials yeah. So I was kind of going like, that's really good. <laughs> you spit, you don't have to swallow. Oh. You can spit, I mean, I'm not wasting bloody good wine, but. But the one advantage of the wine tour was in one of the wineries, because you have cheese and stuff with it as well, mm-hmm. and I had the best cheese of my life. Got to go hardcore on the cheese. Oh, yeah. Some brie or something like that. It was a double yeah. brie. Yeah. And it was the best cheese I've ever had in my life. I do like some cheese. I do like some cheese too. So go to the Yarra. Nice. Yarra Valley. It's very good. Cool. Um, John, mm, questions, questions and answers. answers. Okay, John, but You spring these questions on me like last week and I don't have the answers. I'm not happy about it. Last week- It was you, a good you, question, but you, wasn't you, it? Because your reaction is going to be an angry one, I what's, can tell. What's, you were saying, what's the minimum prize money? Somebody sent us through a, a link to, a, I think it was a, a, some half Ironman races in Canada, which I think have now been taken over by WTC, but the prize money was like 500 bucks, 300 bucks, 100 bucks, whatever for the winners. 500 for a win. Yeah, but this is just a half Ironman. It's like the Ash 
Burton. You know, it's, a, it's just a small oh, time okay. race. It wasn't a wasn't a WTC race. Although I think they may have taken over the series. And you said to me, "What's the minimum prize money at a yes, I said, at a race?" Work? And I didn't know off the top of my head. And I I lowballed it a bit. I was maybe a little bit too harsh. I think I said maybe the minimum win is like fifteen hundred bucks. So the minimum prize level at, at WTC races, either seventy point threes or fulls, is fifteen thousand dollars prize money. <coughs> and so the winner takes home three thousand. Then it goes two thousand, twelve fifty, seven fifty. 500 so that is the, the minimum standard but do we see we don't see that in any falls no i think the minimum standard in a full is twenty twenty five thousand, yeah. which is five thousand for first and drops down to 750 for sixth place so um so that's it so 70.3s um was a little bit more money than i thought i mean it's still pretty pretty ordinary but it's uh, that's what it is the, the 70.3 world champs what's the payday 70 point well this is this led me on to my next point oh, was okay. uh but wondering Bahrain, yeah, we're going this yeah. huge amount of money in Bahrain, for, for which winner. is which is fantastic, <clears throat> and it's way more than any other half distance race that we know of. Um, Put your coffee away. Smelling the coffee. Still. You're just using it as a tissue. You're not smelling. You're, you're kidding it. Bit of both. That's a, a, a product idea. Take them on a dragon's den. Put um, yep. a, a, attach a, a make, tissue make, smeller. T- put a tissue on on your coffee packet. That's good. Anyway, Bahrain. Uh, it's got what's was it six hundred fifty thousand or something? It was a hundred thousand for the winner. Hundred thousand for yeah. the one anyway. And I was wondering how that compares to the seventy point three worlds. So seventy point three worlds got two hundred fifty thousand, which is a really good step in the right direction. And they've been pumping it up a little bit more. And oh, the, but it's a lot more in Bahrain. It's a lot more. What it basically boils down to, though, it's more or less first first prize, and then it sort of falls into line with the seventy point three worlds. So in Bahrain, hundred grand for first place, fifty thousand for second. Oh, that's a lot better. It's twenty for thousand. Yeah, and but but then first place in what I'm saying is it's sort of almost like there's one place above at oh, Bahrain okay. race. Okay, so you've yep. got your hundred grand, and then after that, the prize money in Bahrain is pretty similar to what you get at seventy point three worlds. So you finish second at seventy point three. Um, no, first at seventy point three worlds, it's like second place. Okay, at so, Bahrain. so you, what you're saying is that. Seventy point three first is like second, second is like third, and so on. Yep. Okay. Yep. So, for example, and then it actually drops a little bit lower. So, tenth in Bahrain is three thousand dollars, and tenth at the seventy point three is actually four, four and a half. half, where it basically meets and crosses over is at fourth place is both twelve thousand. So, above fourth, Bahrain is, uh, is is ahead, and then below fourth, um, seventy point three worlds is a little bit ahead. So, it's going to be really interesting to see what sort of field they get in Bahrain. Um, I think it's going to be. St- Stella. Yeah. Because how far is it after Kona? Oh, it's, it's a little, it's a fair way. I think it's in November, something like that. I think maybe. It's a hard one, isn't it? Because our people are still going to want to train after Kona for a race. Mm. But I, their money's so good. I really think they want to have a smaller field, but real big hitters and go to town and trying to get them. Rather than trying to have, you know, 78.3 worlds, you can, you've got a big field there of. of competitive guys at least on the bike so you're going to have these big packs whereas I'd much rather see in Bahrain a smaller field you know like 15 to 20 of the top of the top top guys and so then you might you might get a little bit of separation there on the bike and stuff whereas if you're 70.3 worlds you're going to get a lot of these third tier guys who can maybe axe the bike and then be crap on the run and they'll bring lots of people into the into the field into the into the game yeah. and you just have a big pack ride whereas it'd be much better to see you know little groups forming I'm curious to see, because this is a great PR 
race four challenge. Mm. You know what I mean? Like the exposure they'll get from this race is really good. So there's, there's, you know, and obviously someone in Bahrain's giving them a lot of money to put this race on. It might be the tourism board or something like that. But someone's giving them a lot of money for the prize money, which is good. So there's probably not a huge cost for them in doing that. I'm curious to see what the age group race is like. Will they actually get great numbers for mm. the age group race at that race? Or will it be one of those races which is very predominant with a very small age group race? Well, Abu Dhabi seems to get a reasonable size field. So I would expect it'll be, won't be anything. Massive, but yeah, I don't know. If you want me to throw a number on it, I reckon they'll probably get 500. Okay, 500 between, John's prediction. between 500 and a thousand. Be surprised if they get more than a thousand people there. We've got another email from someone who I, we haven't got the email here, but this comes from Slow Twitch. So, Mark let's take Thatcher with a bit of a grain of salt. Mark Thatcher, Mark Thatcher, he's um, Margaret's son. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. You may have heard of it. Yeah. Oil Triathlon Corporation will be um, launching a dividend sorry, recap facility next Wednesday, June the 11th, uh, via Seoul-led UBS Caesar Source close to the deal. The credit facility will total up to 240 million US, encompassing a five-year 20 uh, million revolver and seven-year first lean TL, whatever that means, of up to 220 million. In other words, WTC is borrowing 220 million with a kind of overdraft of another $20 million and paying it all out to owners, Providence Equity Partners. This is seen as a risky kind of lending for banks because the company is not doing anything with the money to build the business. Tough to say what this means for WTC's finances as this is a loan of, of a private company. They don't have to make any public details or details public, but suggest that they have an interest bill of around $6 million to $12 million a year going forward, which they haven't currently got. So that's less money put into the sport suggest that their pre-tax uh, pre-interest profits is something that is a very broad range of around 40 to 80 million hmm. this is interesting I, um, <coughs> so we assume this is if it's on slow twitch it must be true oh, of course, of course. <laughs> and we're, we're not talking especially sp- on the forum <laughs> yeah I'm assuming this has come off the forum but it's just interesting to see yeah I don't know much about all this money uh, money business and loans and all that sort of stuff but it just seems odd that they're if they are borrowing all this money and not but maybe doing anything some ways for the investors to get some money out yeah just seems odd but anyway you tax guys and stuff probably know more about it and give us a bit more feedback and we can let the world know what's going on John I've got a couple I've got a couple of little emails that, okay. I, that I need to read out Steve Hill yeah good old Steve John yeah. there's something I want you to listen to I'm going to put the mic up to the speaker here you guys have listened to this way so you can um, this is about May 2007. Listen to this. I feeling this is going to be me saying something. So, you know what? We just bought a program to do the uh, podcast on and it just comes with it. It's basically, yeah, it's not even songs, it's just they're literally seven seconds long. It might take a look at a few seconds to get there, but it's coming. And the next part, um, Steve had a bit of an accident, a work-related accident. Yep. Where he, uh, similar to our first question, he was meant he was 11 weeks out from his race, so his training basically completely stopped. All he was allowed to train, do was training under underwater running. He could not put any pressure on his leg until about two weeks from the event. So again, what you were you were saying is uh, the event ended up being a bit of a bit of a mission. Yep. Um, but he did manage to get through it, and then uh, next time, man, he'll go out there and he'll race. And he'll hope to shave at least three hours from his time. Um, but that's a bit of a twirl. Again, I think it's where your level is. So if you're going into your first Ironman and it's just about finishing, you know, if you have an injury and it puts you out for a bit of time and it may mean you're not going to have your best day, that's okay because, you know, like the goal is to finish. 
Like if you look at Brandon De Campo, the Alliance member from um, Effort Camp, he had plantar fasciitis, so his injury, he was thinking about doing New Zealand and maybe even pulling out, but it was kind of like, you know what, It's you've really got to actually choose your races in, so you have to actually pull out of races because you're a bit more of a higher level and when you're thinking of making a career out of it or being an age group winner or something like that, sometimes you will have to sacrifice a race and I think you really just need to consider where am I in my career, what's really important for me in this race and can I maybe even postpone that into another race. Hmm. So, yeah. So, thanks um, for the email and the final one was... Uh, anybody who bitches about your show, uh, tell them to blow me. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I can't really, I can't really just type what you're saying there, but basically. Information weekly, and I think it's been a phenomenal show. Again, it's been a great learning experience. Those are the emails we love, and we really do. So what you're saying was so. A few years ago, so that was back in 2007, he sent through an email, and I think... A few was, years ago. A few years ago, that was years ago, wasn't it? Jeepers, Brendan Ocampo, that's bringing back an old school name. So wait a second, I've got the email here that he sent through this time, so he's, he wrote through, and I think he was saying he wanted to get about three hours faster right. to qualify for something, and and um, I may not have got the right bit there, but basically you kind of said, well, it's a pretty tall order, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's probably not that realistic. And then I got an email from him about oh, a couple of weeks ago, and it was basically saying, here's the email, so here we go. I showed you guys. And basically it does. It goes, hey guys, I've been following you guys from the very beginning and thoroughly enjoyed the shows. Hey, he asked people to blow them. Um, <laughs> they always seem to Maybe be- that's a secret. <laughs> that He's got 10,000 people lining up <laughs> once a week for the last seven years. He's done the whole Iron Talk audience. That's, that's right. Uh, they always seem to be topics I'm very interested in. Thank you for the work you do. I'd like to point at you to episode... Oh, I think I've gone to the wrong... Oh, no, that's the right episode. Uh, was it? Oh, maybe I've done the wrong episode. No, I think that's the right episode. Um, to episode 62, I sent a pic of me after a bike crash and one week later and after uh, after I cared for it, it was pretty good results. I'm not sure what that means. At the time, I was the bomb squad sergeant and you asked you guys not to read that, but which you didn't. <laughs> but... <laughs> I also expressed the goal of an Iron Man of sub 10 hours. Hey, he didn't say don't read it this time. So, um, a sub 10 goal of 10 hours. My Iron Man at the time was 13 hours and 25 minutes in Arizona in 2006. John says, I don't know about that, implying that I couldn't do it and it would be very tall order. That gave me a huge motivation. And I remember that for life, for eight years, not in a negative light, but more, I can let myself prove myself. And because it was a tall order. I raced Texas yesterday and was able to come in at 9.31. Solid. In a time of, uh, in the age group of 45 to 49. Even more solid. Fourth in place. Thank you. An eight-year goal and a great achievement. So I guess you qualify for Kona then probably. I would have thought so. With fourth place in the 45 to 49, I'd be pretty sure you would have. Yeah, you didn't say. Um, uh, no, I'm not qualified. Oh, no, no, no. I'm fourth in the age group. I'm 50th overall. Plenty of tomorrow. I'd qualified. be very surprised if you didn't give a, a fourth place I qualify for Kona. I'm looking forward to meet you guys yesterday. See you on the start line, Steve. Nice work. So um, anything's possible, Steve. It's we live in the Iron Man branded world. Anything possible. is possible. <laughs> that is pretty awesome, but it's great. That is that is fantastic. You know, like to lose four hours. Mm. You know, and and it's just an example of someone who's trucked at it. You know, like mm. you, you know you don't kind of do it. 
that's the thing is you get these people who are just so irrational around their growth ability and, and, and that's but that has taken what seven or eight years yeah that's what I'm saying and, you know so you get those people who do one race and they do 14 hours and they go oh, yeah, yeah now I want to qualify next year I want to do 10 and yeah it's like well it's possible but you're yeah. going to be someone like Steve who actually persists at the sport continually improves and to get to 9.35 when you're to 9.31 when you're in your mid 40s is bloody awesome mm-hmm. you know so that's that's fantastic Steve you are you know because you're nominated yourself we can't give you as an age group of the week yeah but honorary, honorary mention honorary, honorary mention. mention that is fan flipping tastic yes. so there we go so we've got another sponsor John uh, yes give me a second what, what was the other thing I was going to talk about then um, oh the qualifications oh yeah Torsten's got his uh, his latest uh, his, his, his tri observer his latest tri observer is out so you can check that out and he's sort of we, we had a bit of a discussion around it last week you know who's qualified and who hasn't and Bevan Doherty's sort of right on the bubble I think he's just made it if Torsten's predictions are Sorry, correct then. well he's Put, Torsten's put him on the bubble because he says if you know, if, if you're within a hundred or a couple of hundred points then you you should be okay you should be okay but you know things might change he's saying he's saying that July cutoff is um, three thousand five hundred points. Mm. So Bevan sits currently at three thousand six or something like that. Yeah, six hundred. Yep. So he should be okay. Yep. But yeah, it'd be it'd be if you got another result anyway. So check it out try, tryrating.com and you can uh, sign up to his Try Observer. He does some great work and that will keep you really up does. to speed a hell of a lot better than what we do in terms of who's in, who's out, and uh, where everybody sits. And it's uh, it's all very good stuff. So Bevan. Uh, on athlinks.com. Oh, Athlinks sponsor. sponsor. It's fantastic. I can go on here now and I can actually. So, so Links has changed from being uh, rivals to being what they call now call Links. Yep. And what you can do is you go onto your Links and you can click on sort of head to head, and then you can you can see all all the people that are now your Links. And one of the amazing things here is it tells you how many races I've done. It is staggering how many people race, and, and, and it's and it's it's sorted so the most races are the, who has done the most races at the top. So like, these people who have linked to you some way, shape, or form on Athlinks, I've raced against them somewhere or the okay. other. So someone like Des Atkinson, I've raced. Uh, I've only raced him once. You beat him. I've got a win loss record of one and zero. Come on, shut up. Was he close? The other thing I like about athletes (laughs) is eight years, mate. Eight years. Keep working at it. uh, That I love is uh, there's very few people that have beaten me in a race. (laughs) And Andrew Black is the only person on my list here that's beaten me in a race. Where did he beat you? Would have been South Island. We did a 5K race once the week before Christchurch Marathon, and I wanted to run exactly a time. And, he, and I told him he should be running the same. And then he sprinted me like 500 metres. And I said, well, I'm running at, I'm, I think it was 16.30. And I said, I'm running exactly 16.30. And I ran exactly 16.30. And he sprinted the last 500 metres. Hey, beat me. I'm hearing like, excuses. He beat me. He did beat me. But anyway, Andrew House, raced, only raced him three three times. 3-0 loss record. But he's got 84 races. <laughs> wow. Peter McLeod. 83. Pete, you need to do a couple more races Maybe and you'll, you'll be number one on my list here. Des Atkinson, 76. Annette Lee, 69. Rick Laird, How many 57. Got? How many have I got? Um, I've got 44. You're well, but well, see, you won't have beaten Des, but he's beaten you. If, the inter, if some dork had, in, had made the interweb come around in about 1994, <laughs> I'd you know? be, I don't know how many I would be, but I'd be Close to 100 as well. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm sure. Who's going to be the first to crack 100? There we go. There's an there Iron Tour challenge. Andrew House, you've got uh, another 16 to, to go. Pete McLeod, you've got another 17. You're just a flipping retiree now. You can just go around and do whatever you like. 
just cruising. And um, Alvin Cooney, 54. Alvin you, Cooney, haven't heard that name in a long time. Yeah, remember he does yeah, uh, yeah, this yeah. sort of deodorant products. Is he still doing it? I, I assume so. Zani Morrison, stalker, 50, cracked the 50, 5-0. Well Neil Scholes, who you chatted to a little yep. while ago, yep. 49. He'll be cracking the 50 this year. Mountain Snail, 47. Nice. Um, Andrew Diplodocus Kerr. And John, the <laughs> Mountain, John the Mountain Snail Hancock has even got his athlete's name as John the Mountain Snail Hancock. Oh, he's, he's got the tattoo. As he's ha- not seen his tattoo. As has Andrew Diplodocus Kerr, <laughs> oh, who's done 43. As has Neil the Ninja Stafford. Neil the Ninja. I think that's a great one. 37. And as has Sean O the Porno Barnes. Oh. As has Warren, Warren Sutherland, Agent Smackdown. Oh, this is gold. Right, here's your activity, guys. A lot of you have bought um, books, for, for and, and some yep. of you will have got your nicknames. If you're on Athlinks, go and put your nickname. We need to give you, you a nickname. Okay, that's what we're going to do. Not this week, because we've done this week's discussion. Over the next two weeks, we have to give a nickname for John and for me. Now, I'm not looking forward to this. Right. But I think it needs to be done. So then you can go on your Athlinks, and you can put your nickname in there. And you can't call me Wanker or... No, it has top, to be. toss pod or something well, like that. John the coach is Coach yeah, John Newsom. No, I'm not, I'm not. That doesn't, that's not. No, that, that doesn't work. Yeah. Bottom of the list, Ross Muir. Have you ever had nicknames? Nothing that's really, really stuck that no. people, you just had Mully. Big Mouth Bev. Yeah. <laughs> that one like. stuck. <laughs> don't know why. Yeah. I don't know where that came from. Yeah. So there you go. Check it out, athlinks.com. You can suss out who of your rivals and how many races I've done and set yourself a little target. Maybe you, you, maybe you want to get 30 races done by the time you're 40 or something. Set yourself a little target. Well, the cool thing is you can get out. That's what's cool. Mm. You can just get out there and see these little things like that. So athlinks.com, exactly. guys. Jombos. We're going to nicknames, are we? Yes. Okay, I've done my 10. I've you done, go first. I've done even more than 10. Yeah, but you had lots of ones that were already there, so don't, oh, don't take more credit than what it's worth. Come on. Okay, we'll pull it up. Why don't, yeah, I'm pulling it up, pulling it up. Beautiful day out there. It's not raining today, thank goodness. I know it's meant to be bad this week, but it's actually turning out all right. Well, you know what I love? Well, I, I, I don't love it, but people who enter races really late, really frustrating for race yeah. organisers. Yeah. I've got a duathlon that I'm putting on this But you like them because they also pay more. Well, they know they come in the day of oh. the, when the late entry fee kicks in. Oh, so nice. with my duathlons, late entry fee kicks in a week before. So on the Sunday, it all goes up, and I'm suddenly going, man, we haven't got that many entries. And then all of a sudden, it Boom. kicks off, and we've got more entries than we've ever had before, which is which is great. But uh, people look at the long range weather forecast when it's seven days out, oh, and on Sunday, uh, uh, long good. range weather forecast, sunny, nice day. Nice. Now. Not looking so good. Never trust long range. <laughs> you don't. That's my one rule with weather in life. Because Joe, my Joe, she she's kind of a little bit kind of anal about when it comes oh, to yeah. weather. Go see the weather at seven o'clock every night. Oh, and she's got the app. She like I bought her the Met Service app. That's like the best thing she's ever had. Mm. She checks the weather like ten dollars a day. Big spender, ninety nine cents. Two dollars seventy dollars. I went all out. <laughs> and uh, and she she checks the weather all the time. And and uh, sometimes she'll go to me. Oh, the weather's looking really terrible for next. You know, the week from now, babe. Never trust long range. Mm. Two days out, one day out, definitely. Yeah, but long range. My parents are obsessed. New Zealanders are obsessed with the weather. We often do. Change. It's the leading thing on the news, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, righty ho. Lyndon, the puppeteer box. Where are you starting? I'm Lyndon. starting at number three five one. Okay, that's pretty good. Because box, I was thinking Jack in the Box, oh, puppeteer. Oh, no, it's good. That's good. That's good. Uh, Spike Andrew McIver or Andrew Spike McIver. Yep. Because he has a picture on Athlinks. He had a bit of stubble going on there, so I'm calling him Spike. Nice. Stephen Newman, jump or jumping jacks. I reckon jumping jacks. 
because you know how I came up with jump? In this Athlink's picture, he's sort of pointing up in the sky, and I sort of thought, pointer sisters, and oh, I thought, oh, jump. Go, jump for oh, my love. Jump, jump in. in. Uh, Terry, the flame Thornton. Oh, gold, why? Um, because on Athlinks he didn't have a picture, and the Athlinks default picture is like a flame. And I just thought, flame. Nice, good times, it. rock and roll. Greg, the bouncer, bouncer McDermott. I wouldn't miss of him. Yeah, because there used to be a really good Australian cricketer, and, and Greg's from Australia, I think. I wasn't remember. his name Greg McDermott as well? No, it's Craig, Craig McDermott. McDermott. Yeah, he so was a good bowler, wasn't he? Bouncer, Greg Bouncer McDermott. Although Craig McDermott, what was it? He played a test match. Remember, there was a test he match. He was a nasty player. No, but it was the West Indies, and it was like it was. A, it was he needed one run off the last ball to win the test match. And oh, in a test yeah. match, you don't have that. You know, like in yeah. one days in twenty twenties, you do. And uh, and yeah, he couldn't do it. Oh, I remember. No. I remember. Just that was pretty exciting. John Syme, Frosty Boy. Why is that? Well, haven't we? Isn't one of our little Frosty Boy? Um, Frosty Boy. One of our Frosty Boys, sort of the carts that sell the ice cream. Is yep. it one of them Symes or something like that? Or I don't know. Frost, okay. Frosty Boy. Let's go with that. Patrick Beverly Hills Cop is a good, good blast Foley. from the past. Yep. Uh, Timothy Rocky McGrath, another nice. blast from the past. Jason Splasher Laidlaw. So he's a splasher because he had a picture of him and his kid, I think, in the pool and that sort of play around. Good times. So a splasher. Brandon Hyperboy Skilton. Nice. And then you, we talked about X-Men earlier in the day. Richard Cyclops Kirby. You say he got funny glasses? He had funny sort of looking glasses on and I thought X-Men and I looked up the X-Men character and it was uh, Cyclops. Cyclops. Dave, Mr. Dr. Feelgood. He loved that one, didn't he? Uh, Dwan, because he bought several books. And then Stuart, the Compass Moor, another blast from the past. Okay, I got Angus Boyd and I thought the wild bull is an Angus. Mm-hmm. You know, nice. you know like that. Um, Tim Ford. I thought of a Ford car, so mm. then I went pedal to the middle. Nice. Yeah. Warumu, how does that Winera? Yeah, a Warumu. Oh, so Warumu Winera, maybe? Yep. Yep. The Wicked Warrior. Cool. Yeah. Just thought, you know, yeah. Warrior. Good luck warrior, with the warrior, next warrior, one. Warrior guy. James. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, he's actually had a nickname before. So he emailed to... me, he even emailed me yesterday. What, how to say his name? No, about some FTP stuff. And how, what, did you ask him how to say his name? No. I'm going to go with the computer. Let's see what the computer says. Wait a second. Come on, computer. Hurry up. Shagio. There you go. Shagio. So get this. S-Z-C-Z-Y-G-I-E-L. Now, I'm not good at names at the best <laughs> of times. I've got James. no hope with that one. Thunder Down Under. Okay. And we've got Almir or Elmer, how's that I, one? I think it's Aimir. Aimir. Um Aimir Kelly, Metalhead. Mm-hmm. Smash you out. Cool. Neil Russ, I thought what are those lollies those that food that kids eat? Russes or remember? Like a hard thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Russ. They're rusks. Rusks. Or oh, I thought yeah. of a rusk, so I thought oh, I didn't even go for the end. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you thought. Why, why you met Max? Uh, so he's because he's always pushing it to the max. Helen Childs, I thought of that, that cook. Who's it? Julia Childs? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Tasty morsel. Nice. So Helen Childs, you are a tasty morsel. Let's not even go there. Yeah. Uh, Lauren, uh, Laura, how do you say one? Miyakawa. Miyakawa, red hot. Because nice. she's smoking hot yeah, as an athlete. Just, cool. you know, I don't know cool. you. Um, Todd Curtis, action man. Mm-hmm. And then John Ellis, muscles inc. Yeah. Magic hands. Good. I think, I think he'll like that. For the, for the ladies. He, he was insinuating to me last time I saw him that we can't do anything too crass. He's got a massage business. There's different yep. a few angles you can go there. Yeah. Magic hands works. It yes. can be taken down that dark level it if you want to. Be. But it can also just mean I'm good at massage. Right. So there we go. So we've got about another, probably another 100 or so to go? No, I think about 70. Okay. 
So we'll get them done over the next three weeks. So thanks once again to everyone who donated to the show. Okay, Jumbo sponsors. Coffeesofwaii.com. Get the decaf, guys. It smells good. Trainerroad.com. Join a team. Athlinks.com. Geek out. Who's done the most races? And extreme endurance. Take the pills. It's to make your life 10 million times better. No, to have the water with the pills. Oh, it's just so much easier. Yes. Oh, you don't just do the pills by themselves? Sorry? Oh, no, you know. No, no, I put the pill in, a little cup of water. You must be impressed by me, because I'll do eight pills at one time. I am. That's impressive, eh? Mm. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah. So you've had your tonsils out? No. No? What, 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 I don't know if tonsils has anything to do with it. <laughs> have you? No. But when you're a kid, you almost want it out, don't you? Because you hear that you get to eat lots of jelly. Exactly. Yeah. And ice cream. John, what's your goss? What's my goss? JD Duathlon first race coming oh, up. Oh, looking weekend. forward to that. Got a little bit of a uh, little bit of pressure on because there's a new race venue we're back on the road. Normally we have it at a racetrack. Oh, why can't you do that? Uh, we've got the next two there, but it's just really hard to get bookings there. Uh, and so okay. we went out there at the weekend to check out the venue. Feels a bit muddy, which is going to mean I've got to move Where the transition. Uh, Tightap Domain. Tightap Domain. So at the end oh, of where the rugby tap. fields are. Yep. Okay, yep. And there comes the next challenge. Rugby's on. Flipping rugby team qualify for the final, which is on Saturday afternoon. It's a Sunday morning race, um, but, but means can't really set up on Saturday afternoon, which uh, is a real hassle because it's really dark in the morning. So created a few hassles, and I thought I don't want to go along there and set it up. This is a country rugby club final. Yeah, the guys are gonna be buff heads. Yeah, it's gonna be messy. <laughs> it's yeah. gonna be messy. Yep. You're there's gonna end be up some, with penis pictures on it. Yeah, there's gonna know? be some glass to clear anyway. I would imagine. So that's a bit of a hassle. First week of Project 2014 Kona build-up, gone really well. 14 and a half hours training, just cruising it, pretty happy. And we had Thomas's birthday party at the weekend. Oh, Went oh. to the Air Force Museum. Kids got to jump out of planes and all that they sort of stuff. That? It was great. How many kids? Eight kids. Nice, not and, too many. Uh, not too many. So it was good times. Really recommend that if you're in Christchurch and you've got cool. young kids. I um, once did some modelling, John. I did a modelling where I was a, um, looked like I was a pilot mm-hmm. and because I was doing... Yeah, pilot jackets. Thank you with Tom Cruise for a day. I really did, and uh, we got to go into the to the hangars where all the old ones were. Oh, you and we actually yeah. got to go into the planes mm, and actually mm. get in. It was awesome, man. Mm, and I got nice, to sit man. in and pretend I was flying. Nice. I just closed my eyes and imagined. So that's about it for me. I think Bedwood. What's the song from? What's the song from Top Gun? Take my breath away. Take my breath away. I've never seen that movie. I know. Kelly McGinnis and she was hot, was she? She was when you. Uh, yeah, you young 13 year old boy with a bit of testosterone going through the veins. <laughs> oh, good times. What's happening your world, Bevan? John, a couple of things. Uh, I've had my famous moment. Oh, really? Yeah, because there's there's levels of fame that you and I experience. When you go to a race, people know you are. Yeah, yeah. You know, oh, that's the coach. When we go to Kona, some people will knock, you know, stop us yeah. on the street. We, we feel we're famous. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, people might know me through fitness, you know, definitely mm-hmm. within the, the group fitness world, I'm kind of known. Melbourne, John. Walking, doing a bit of shopping, shopped up a big storm. Yeah. Spent a lot of money. Spent fourteen hundred dollars on clothes, John. That's crazy. That is a lot of money. That is yeah, yep. crazy. But I am looking fashion. Yeah. So it was well, well worth it. Walked outside of H M H M N. Tell you what, have you heard of that place? Yeah, it's in the UK. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, if you want to own a business, that's what you want to own. <laughs> no lies, man. <clears throat> the store is massive, so you've probably got a thousand people in the store at any one time. Well, maybe mm. not th- well, probably a thousand. It's pretty big. There's a line outside. It goes around the corner, just probably to just to get in. And it's not a sale day. All day, like every day of the week, you go there, and there's and and people come out, and I was one of them. I came out with these big bags of clothes. Mm. They must, they're just printing money. So anyway, Joe and I, when we go away, we we've, we're good shoppers because we pretty much go to a place and we say, "Look, you go. We'll meet each other here in an hour." Mm-hmm. So Joe and I were 
had her HME and I'd already done my HM, so she was gonna go back in there and I was gonna go check out David Jones or whatever it was. So she goes, Okay, babe, well we'll see you each other now. So we're walking down the road and I said, See you, babe, love you. Give her a yeah. kiss because yeah. I love I love my partner. Yeah. Someone texts me on the shoulder and he goes, Are You Bevan? Mm. And I go, Yeah. And he goes, Oh, I listened to the podcast. There you go. But he was a pom in Melbourne, oh. David Hughes. David Hughes. And, I, and David Hughes goes, I listen to the podcast and I'm, I'm only in Melbourne. He's over there for work or something. Yeah. And he didn't know my face at all. He only knew my voice. Yeah. So that's voice fame, John. Wait, right, I'm going to pull up the photo. David Hughes. Wait a second. I'm going to put on the website. This week's photo on the website is going to be David Hughes and I. Look at that. Oh, David, you're a stunning looking man. It's beautiful. He had his red top on. Look at that. Nice. Look, I look pretty happy, is don't he, I? So he's a pom. It's a pom, yep. Bad week for the palms. Oh, bad week to be a palm. <laughs> bad week. You're, you're playing good in rugby, but we still beat you. Yeah. And then you got taken down the football. Apparently they played good enough. Well. Yeah. I, mean, I haven't watched any of the World Cup except I watched a bit of that game. Apparently they're Rooney needs well. to score. Apparently Rooney's not scoring. He's never scored a goal in the World oh, Cup. He did a cross that was just sensational when they got their goal. Really? Yeah. Not that I'm much of a soccer aficionado, but that was a good cross. John? Mm. Okay, you and I know nothing about soccer. I'm, I'm lightly kept an eye on the World Cup. Who's going to win the World Cup? Here's your prediction. Um, oh, I'm going to go Holland. Oh, really? Mm. <laughs> Not an authority. Based on this morning's results, Germany. Germany will be right Portugal up was one of the top teams. Yeah, anything can happen in football. It's not always the best team that wins. No. You know what? The football, you know what football cup's bigger than the Olympics? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Really? Oh, that blew my mind away. Oh, easy. Olympics? Yeah, massively so. Olympics are like every no, sport. Not even remotely close. Was, not even on the I was same shocked and dismayed, and you're not. No. But I do like the Soccer World Cup. Not that I'm really following it that much. Oh, sorry, Football World Cup. We can call it soccer no, with No, people hate soccer. It's football. It is competitive. Like the Rugby World Cup, five uh, teams no. have a chance of winning it. Yeah. Soccer World Cup, Football World Cup. Yeah. Like, man, there's probably 12 teams that have a chance of winning it. Mm. Mm. Pretty good competition. We shouldn't talk too much about football. We don't know what we're talking oh, about. Oh, I love it. Yeah, they throw the ball and the touch mm. and touchdowns. It's great. One thing I will say is disgraceful how they don't ban players for diving. That's a debate that goes on, but that's just it's just pathetic. Okay, speaking of, speaking of the rugby, so we beat you guys at the rugby. Are playing quite well though. Bit of a worry. I watched yeah, that. Yeah, but game. when we stepped it up, mm. we just that's beginning. That, that, that tackle by Ben Smith was gold, wasn't mm. it? Mm. I didn't. Do you think he was going to make it? Yeah, no, I did actually. Yeah, sorry, sorry to spoil your thunder, but I can see him well, coming. I thought, I, I thought there was a chance, but that mm. guy's a pretty big He was a big unit. This guy's, what's his name? Tuolangi. Tuolangi. His quads are bigger than my chest. One yeah, quad. Yeah, he's a big unit. He's a big unit. So, anyway, so then the Albanese came on. But there's a, did you see the tackle of the security guard? Yep, justified. No Good, because I know the guy who did the tackle. Good. <laughs> So we had a streaker in the rugby over here, and you don't. You don't I knew something would happen because, in, I presume it's the same in most countries. It's you, hear, you, you, hear, no, you, you didn't even see that. You hear the crowd erupting, and New Zealand crowds are pretty pathetic. <laughs> we are, aren't we? Really, it's actually quite boring going to watch such a conservative, yeah. I went to the All Blacks a couple of years ago, and it was a, no, last year, and it was an amazing game of rugby. Like they played like gold. Mm. And you wouldn't have known if you're in the stands. No, we're it was, pathetic it was spectators. Anyway, you heard this big buzz going up, and I knew, I knew there was something, but the TV cameras are really instructed to yep. not focus on Don't it. Don't give attention. So you didn't see it, and then it came out the next day. And a guy got apps, did a streak running across the field naked and just got a king hit put on from behind. Now, the guy who king hit in place with the Crusaders, so yeah. he's a pretty... He's a young guy. He's only like 20 or something. Yeah, he's like a that. development player. Now, I don't know him, but I know someone who knows him quite well. Mm. And... The thing is that what happened was in his earpiece they're saying tackle him. 
Mm. So he's just doing what he's been told to do. But totally. He, but he <laughs> did think yeah, the dude. <laughs> and I'm totally in support. If you strike. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. You break the rule. You go on the roll, you know, like, yeah, I'm totally, I'm, I'm with you on this. You get a drafting penalty and race, boom, somebody king hits you, <laughs> you're breaking the rule. Imagine you're not that. supposed to do it. <laughs> so you get drafting, you don't even get the, you don't even get the card, you just get smashed boom. off your bike. <laughs> good times. Oh, good times, rock and roll. Okay, John, what's happened this week? Um, I've told you about my week, what about your week? No, what's coming up? Oh, coming up? Um, just my duathlon, really. Just got to get my, I'm still trying to catch up after Kona. Oh, really? Yeah. It's a struggle. Good luck. Fitting this training in. Bloody hell. Well, don't you drop other things now? I do. I drop work stuff. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about feeding the family. Yeah. You're an athlete. No, training takes a big priority. Okay, well, that's pretty much this week's show, guys. I'm Russ. I'm Endo. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha. kaha.